Y'all should have been here about 7.15 this morning, okay? Usually, Roy and Diane get here uh, 7, 15, somewhere in there. And here's this ugly old man sitting on the back steps. Because about five minutes before that, I walk out of my office, walk out the door, and realize my keys and my phone are in the office. So I'm sitting on the back steps, you know. Of course, Roy and Diane decide they're going to get here later today. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I just, you have to understand, people have gotten frustrated. They're like, I can't believe you tell stuff like that. I'm like, I love being a goober. I do. Because you know what? Ain't we all goober or gooberettes? You know, I, I just, I'm sorry. We, we, we just are. We just are. If you want to open your Bibles, we'll be in Matthew chapter 4. And girls, you can put the first verse up there. We started a few weeks ago, and I, I, I'm going to get back to preaching about the, the, the review groups, um, contextualizing what's going on in that and that whole reading next week. But I wanted to finish here. And we started a few weeks ago in the beginning of Matthew 4. We'll be in uh, 20 through 22 today. But, but the first 11 verses, uh, we talked about the fact that Jesus Christ, and I want you to hear this, he went out and he took on every temptation that you could take on. I mean, every one. And we're like, oh, well, that's nice. No, that's awesome, and that's something you need to be doing for your children, your friends, and your grandbabies, okay? They need to see, they need to understand that by the power of God, they don't have to be victims. I'll say it again because y'all missed it. By the power of God, they don't have to be victims. They don't have to be under. Because Jesus Christ went to the same, um, through the t- same temptations as our original parents, and they flunked the test back in Genesis 3, if you remember. Okay, Adam and Eve, all right? But Jesus went through that and more, and he won. And I want you to hear that. That's great for us. But I want you to hear something that's a resonating theme, and you're going to hear it more and more and more from me. Your Christian life is not all about you. It's not not just all about God. It's all about that world that he has given you to show an example to and win for him. We need to go and say, okay, I've dealt with that, and I won. I dealt with that, and I won. I dealt with that, and I won. You don't have to be a loser. You don't have to wonder whether the power of God can see you through in that. Are you listening to me? What what, What more could we be for a hurting world than a person that goes out and looks at reality and temptation and evil and struggle and pain and win. This is so important, friends. This is so important. The church has become about something that we do here. It's not about something we do here. Everybody got me? Everybody hear what I'm saying? It's about what we do out there and what we exemplify out there. So that a hurting world says, whoo, I want some of that. 
Amen? Amen. The second thing, he, he, remember, he's been baptized. Then he went out into to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then in verse 17, and this is a real key, okay? In 17, he says, listen, this is the most important thing. Repent, for the kingdom of God is right here. Repent. Okay? What he's saying to everybody is this. You need to understand, today's a great day to deal with all those negative and destructive factors in your life. I'll say it again because y'all missed it. Today is a great day to make a decision by the power of God to deal with and overcome all those destructive factors that are attacking your life. Amen. It's called sin. You gotta understand, if, if somebody has repented, sin's done. I'm not saying you don't sin. I don't know a human being that doesn't sin. I don't know a human being that doesn't fall short of the glory of God. I've met a few that think they do, but they're kind of neurotic usually. Okay. The reality is, though, if we have repented and entered the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, we have made a decision. I'm done with that trash. Are you with me? You know, I, I, I'm done with that destruction. I'm done with that negativity. I'm done with that stuff that do, does nothing but harm me, my family, and the people around me. Man, how important is that? How needed is that in the world we live in today? You know, listen, if you name the name of Christ, you make sure you've repented. Okay, here's the cool part. That's the key to entering the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, y'all missed it. It's a dead day. That's the key to entering the kingdom of heaven. Heaven is awesome. Heaven is wonderful. I don't know about them streets of gold and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. But I don't get all that. But when we enter the kingdom of heaven, we enter the kingdom of God's love. We enter the kingdom of God's glory. We enter the kingdom of God's healing. We enter the kingdom of God's holiness. Here's the coolest part. In John 11, Jesus tells us, listen, once you enter the kingdom of heaven, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Because even if you, now here's the hard one for people. Even if you die, you don't die. That's kind of weird, ain't it? You know? But here's, here's the coolest part. Listen, I live continuously in the kingdom of heaven now. If I were to croak, and there are some who wish that would happen soon, the bottom line is, it won't affect me at all. I'll just slide from this crazy to that wonderful. Amen. You know? Let me ask you a question. Are you living in the kingdom of heaven? Are you still, or are you still kind of dawdling here? You say, well, you still have, yo, you still got the stuff here. Jesus had the stuff here. Jesus dealt with the stuff here. You know, 
but he was the son of God. And the bottom line is I live in him and he lives in me and he's, he's my eternal savior and Lord. And the bottom line is it's so important to understand that. The one thing you've got to remember though, when you repent and enter the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, are you listening? He's now the king. Let me ask you a question. Is he the king? You hear what I'm saying? I mean, this is a serious question. Because if he's not the king, you ain't living in the kingdom of heaven. If you're still in control and in charge, you need to repent. That's your key. That's your portal. That's how you get there. That's how you enter. Here's the cool part. It's just bada bing, bada boom. I repent. I'm in, baby. Amen. You say, well, it, it has to be more complex than that. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's why I can't stand theologians. They make everything complex. They drive me nuts. The bottom line is, it ain't complex. Jesus already did the heavy lifting. Amen. Everything that needed to be done for me to enter the kingdom of heaven is done. Is done. So we repent and enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 19, Jesus looks at them and says, now, now that you've entered the kingdom of heaven, he says, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. I'm going to teach you how to impact this hurting world around you. I'll say it again because you'll miss it again. I'm in you. You're in me. You're in my kingdom. Are you listening to me? Now, I'm going to show you, I'm going to lead you, I'm going to make you into fishers of men. And you are absolutely going to be able to impact those people that I've placed in your world. Amen. Anybody got any knuckleheads in your world? Anybody not got any knuckleheads? I want your life. Anybody got people that are just nasty? You know? I, I, you know, I, I hear these stories. They don't come around me because I don't tolerate them. But it's, it's a thing where I hear about this. Here's the coolest part. If I enter the kingdom of heaven and he's now the king, he will make me into that man that can absolutely impact those people around me that are so hurting. Don't you want that? You know, don't you want that? Sometimes it's, it's just necessary. It's just, just necessary. Then in verse 20, here's a key that, that I had to get this one in before I went back to the, to the group sort of thing. At once, immediately. Everybody hear what I just said? They left their nets and followed him. Are you with me? Okay, Did everybody hear what that said? There wasn't no dawdling. Please don't take this wrong. They didn't even pray about it. I hear that from people. Well, I'm praying about it. That's a good way to say, yeah, I ain't going to do this, but I'm going to keep praying. Okay? Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of uh, Zebedee. And his brother John. They were in the boat with their dad, 
Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately. Anybody getting the point? Immediately. They left the boat and their father. I hear that all. Well, you know, I don't want to affect my family. Let me help you with something. If you ain't immediately following Jesus, you're affecting your family. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying? I ain't trying to be mean, but if that's what it takes, I'm good with that. Immediately. They left the boat and their father and followed him. The first part of this, it's so important. It's the word immediately. I I see a lot of dawdling in the church. Well, I'm a Christian, but I got to do this or I got to do that or I got to bury my dead or I got to do this or I'm praying. I know when somebody tells me they're praying or they're thinking about it, I realize they ain't going to do it because this is a wonderful escape mechanism. Well, I'm praying. Well, why don't you hurry up and just hurry, pray through and decide to do Jesus' will? Are you got me? This, this is something happening in our churches that it really, it doesn't even frustrate me. It scares me. We have kind of taught, and I was brought up this way. You kind of dawdle and do a little this, a little that. Please, Roy Jr., don't get mad at me. But Wednesday night, we had, um, what's that thing called? Pioneer Club. And Roy Jr. is a wonderful security here. He's big as a house. (laughs) And he's got other mechanisms to deal with stuff. But But man, Wednesday, he was in charge of a group of kids. You want something cool? Get your kids involved in this. And man, I saw this dude light up. He was talking about some cat something. What's that thing called? That thing. Cat tail. And man, he was like, he was explaining this. The kids were like, yeah, yeah, okay. I could eat this. Yeah. Didn't look scrumptious to me, but okay. You see, friends. You were created to do something. You were created to do something extraordinary. You were created. And I know you're born in sin, but you were created for something extraordinary and eternal. And the only thing holding you back from that is you. And it's for everybody. Are you doing the extraordinary and eternal that God created you for? That got quiet. You see, if you're not, you're missing it. And we are extraordinary about making excuses. I'm busy. I have people tell me, I'm busy. Who ain't? You know, well, you know... 
I'm not so sure I can. Folks, everything I do, I'm not so sure I can. Six or eight years ago, we had a group of people leave the, the, the church and the, and the school and really made a mess. And, and we ended up taking over the thing. Does anybody know how much I know about early education? Well, you don't have to answer that way. She said diddly for users online. Do you know how much I know about business? I, I, you know how much I know about organization? Ask Stacy. Here's what I do know. When God gives me opportunity, if I will step up and I will do it, I will enjoy the eternal success that only God can give. But I can't have that if I'm sitting there making excuses and not doing it. Friends, you've got to hear this. God's got something for you. God's got something for you that's unbelievably awesome. I mean, you got to understand. This school, you know, the person that didn't know Diddley. This school's gone from a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to $2.5 million a year coming in for the ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, think about that. We've been able to fix up this building and keep things running and keep the lights on and the whole bit. It's, it's been awesome. It's been unbelievable. It didn't happen because I'm so smart. It wouldn't be fair if I was smart being this pretty. It just wouldn't be fair. You know what I'm saying? They immediately left the nets. You got to leave the stuff behind. You've got to allow God to make you new. You've got to step up and step in and say, okay, God. I know I'm gifted to do this, so I'm going to step up and step in, and you will guide me, and you will bless me, and you will help me, because I know I'm supposed to do this. And let me help you with something. If you feel adequate, then you probably aren't doing God's will, because I got news for you. God's got something he's calling you to do that's way beyond you. You know what I'm saying? People are like, you just seem so confident. I'm a good faker. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, I'm not confident in anything. Because I know this. I have no ability. He's got all the ability and all the grace and all the resources I need. Amen. They immediately left their nets. They immediately left behind all the junk that didn't matter. Well, you understand, I was hurt in a church once. I don't know anybody that wasn't hurt in the church once. The church is made up of people. The God part's good. The people part is kind of goofy. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? 
The, the people, there's always, you know what I'm saying. It's people. You know, and people are, they're a little goofy. You know, people say, well, you know, I think he's mentally ill. I'm like, well, we're, I think we're all kind of mentally ill. It's called living in a sinful world. Amen? Anybody else? But we've got to leave all that stuff. I've messed up. Anybody here not messed up? Huh? Anybody here, anybody here doesn't have anything in your past you kind of be like nobody to find out about? Amen? You know, there's always reasons that the evil one will give you to not step up and do whatever God, what did I say? I see you laughing. I'm very insecure. Um, There are always excuses. Here's the problem in the church. And I love you all, but we've got to stop this. Every person that names the name of Jesus needs to find who they are and what they're gifted to do and do it. And if you don't, we're not bashing you, but we're not going to say that's okay. We're not doing anybody. It's just like your kids. If your kid's smart and won't study, you're not okay with that, are you? Well, this is the same way with our Heavenly Father. He's like, I gifted you. I've called you. I've got something extraordinary for you to do and accomplish. I'm not okay with you not doing it. You say, well, Pastor, you're making me feel uncomfortable. Good. Good. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And there's no one sitting here that cannot do the extraordinary, eternal will of God in their lives. I'm going to ask you right now, what are you doing? What are you doing? They left it all behind to follow Jesus. We use that term a lot. It's cute. I'm following Jesus. It's just like back a few years ago. Remember WWJD or whatever it was? What would Jesus do? There was some real creepy stuff that they, people came up with. Well, what would Jesus do? You know, wasn't biblical. You see, if you go a few chapters ahead, it tells us that Jesus tells us we're supposed to deny ourselves. Are you with me? You still with me? You still love me? Because, you see, in the 21st century church, we don't want to hear this deny ourselves stuff. We want to hear God going to give me. Are you with me? Is everybody with me? Deny ourselves. Take up our cross. Now, I hear people say, well, I'm carrying my cross. No, you're not. You're taking a walk. You know, come on now. Because, you see... When you carry your cross, you're dying. You're dead. 
I've given up my life for every person around me, just like Jesus did on the cross. See, I see very little of that in the church. I see very little of that in the church. It's all about me. It's all about my convenience. It's all about whether it works for me. It's about whether it fits my um, space, whether it fits my comfort zone. It, you know, you know, you know I, I mean, I, I don't mind showing up every once in a while, but don't be asking me that crazy stuff. No, I'm asking you for that crazy stuff. I'm asking you and I'm telling you, if you actually want to be a Christian, you need to deny yourself, take up your personal cross, die and follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. You want happiness? You want joy? You want kingdom? You want hallelujah? You want to be set free? You want to be that man or woman that God created you to be? Deny yourself and your selfishness. Take up your personal cross and follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ because that's the person you were created to be in the first place. See, you were created in the image of God. You were created in the, in the image of the foolishness of this world. We were born in that because our original parents were goofy and sinned. Come on up, kids. Where are you at? Where are you? Have you denied yourself? Are you denying yourself? Or is it all about you and your comfort zone and how Jesus can fit into your structure? We have a problem in the church here. We really do. Because we've allowed this and we've smiled. Well, we want to keep them in the church. So we'll just let them drift around for 30, 40, 50 years. That's not Christian. Are you with me? I, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. If you don't like it, you can take it up with the one that wrote it. You know? Have you left the nets of this world? Have you set aside and behind you everything and everyone in this world to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ? To do what he created you to do and be the man or woman that he created you to be. This is so important, folks. And here's a big problem. People want to think about that. I talk to people and I know as soon as they say, well, I know we're done. Because I know now they've gotten into the excuse system. Well, I got this. I got that. I don't know about you, but I want the excellence of Jesus immediately when I need it. In our covenant with him, he wants the excellence of us 
immediately when he calls for it. Oh, but I've not been to church that long. I'm not a super Christian. Well, I'm really old. I can't do anything. I got news for you. This is for everybody. God is calling us today to immediately leave our nets and follow in his footsteps, his lifestyle, his love, his leadership, who he was. Let's stand. While we're singing this song, I want you to ask yourself, am I willing to leave the nets of this world? Or am I hanging on to all the excuses? Am I willing to step up and do whatever God would have me to do immediately? Or am I kind of settled and okay with the excuse system? See, friends, I know this. If you don't step up that way, Did you get this? It's not even just preacher talk. You are missing the greatest life you could ever, ever, ever have. I want you today to decide. I immediately am leaving the junk and following the one I was created to follow in the first step. Please, please. Amen? Amen. And then we're going to sing and then we'll pray.